Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Straight Talk here in Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Till, and it is your weekly dose of issues that are of concern to us, are may give you angst. Yes, it's one of my favorite words. Shouldn't be, but there's a lot of things that give me angst these days, and certainly what's been in the news lately here, especially in Iowa, uh, fits into today's show. I mean, the shooting at East High School was was tragic. Thankfully, it wasn't any worse than what it was. Yet today's show, planned weeks ago, is Sister Joyce Roop, and she is joining us to talk about helping those who are grieving, those who are in the process of dying, those who are injured, those who are the caretakers for those who are injured. And, you know, today, you know, not only do we want to pray for those who lost, for for the young man who lost his life yesterday, for the the two young women that are still in the hospital, but all of the students and the teachers and the faculty at East High School, as well as those that will be giving them comfort and and care, the counselors in particular and the parents, the community around them, all of us that may know um, friends and family at East High School. So Sister Joyce will help us in looking at how we can help them, how we can provide comfort and console even our own angst and worry. Before we get to Sister, um, I want to give you some updates on activities. So tonight, uh, Bishop Johnson will hold, will lead the, the Holy Hour at St. Ambrose from 5 to 6. Yes, normally it's on Monday nights, change of schedule, it's on Tuesday night tonight, this week. So it's just from 5 to 6, there's evening prayer adoration and benediction. I encourage you during, especially during the Sutton season, to perhaps join us tonight for that one hour of, of prayer and an opportunity to lift up all of those who are suffering um, during this time. Um, also during Lent, St. Ambrose Cathedral is offering a Saturday morning Mass at 8.15. So those of you that may want to be going to Mass every day, uh, during Lent, or perhaps Saturday morning is the only time that you could go. St. Ambrose now has an option for you, 8.15 during the season of Lent. Uh, this Friday, the Man Up West Power Lunch is at St. Francis of Assisi. It is a panel of our our priests who ha- are missionaries. They are coming here to do missionary work in Iowa. They've come from Africa, so it's a panel of those. It's Lent, so we will have a Lenten luncheon, so you certainly do need to register at iowacatholicradio.com. Of course, you can always bring your own. Uh, The third Wednesday of the month always is the healing service at St. Ambrose. That's at 7 p.m. The next one is next Wednesday, March 16th. And our good friend Steve Ray will be coming to Iowa on April 7th. He will be at St. Francis. Born again, faith alone, what must I do to be saved? That's his topic there. And on April 8th, he will be at Holy Spirit in Creston, defending the Eucharist. So on today's uh show is Sister Joyce Rupp, and she, um, Sister, it's so great to have you join us here, and as I, I mentioned in our, in the introduction to today's show, we had not, we didn't know that there was going to be a shooting at East High School, we didn't know there would be grieving in our community, 
Uh, we didn't know that we'd have the opportunity to provide comfort to those young folks. So uh, your, our topic today is very appropriate to our entire community. Thank you for joining me on Straight Talk. Yeah, good morning, Jean. I'm really glad to be here. And just as you said, I mean, we're, we're just so surrounded by loss and death in our culture and society and globally, but now it's just right here in our own city, and it's so um, in our face, so to speak. And, and how, do we, how do we approach that? How do we handle it? You know, um, I was so young when I first experienced um, a tragic death. You know, my brother drowned at age 23. Oh, no. I was 25, and, um, you know, that it was so long ago, and it was a time when people didn't know about grieving, and they didn't know how to talk about death, and we just went through that with um, very little help, you know. I mean, people didn't even want to talk about death. I mean, they just kind of very, you know, solidly went through it, and, and didn't I remember my family, my family has a very German background, we didn't even hug each other. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it's so different today. Um, but since that time, you know, i I, I was a volunteer for hospice for 15 years and then uh, did bereavement uh, work after that and have been through so many deaths of, of loved ones. And, you know, there's there's a certain pattern to that grieving, but there's still so much that I think people don't know about how to be with someone who's, who's dying or mm-hmm. who has, has died. And um, when I wrote Praying Our Goodbyes, that was my first book. I've written about a half dozen on grief and loss. and. Mm-hmm. And in praying our goodbyes, I really looked at what do we do and what do, how do we think and how are we with people who, who have experienced a serious loss in their life. And, you know, one of the biggest things, I think, is, is, is to listen and to be comfortable and not feel like we have to say something that's meaningful or significant. And because when people do that, sometimes they say that they say things that really aren't, they're not only not helpful, mm-hmm. they can be hurtful. Mm-hmm. So I remember when a really good friend of mine died and um, a sister from my community, she traveled three hours to come and just say how sorry she was. I was thinking about that this morning, and, you know, I I don't remember a single thing she said to me, but (laughs) I can tell you exactly where she was sitting across Mm -hmm. from me. I can tell you how she hugged me when she came in, and that just meant the world to me, that presence of another person who who wanted to be there with me in my loss. And I think that's one of the things with families, um, those students from, you know, East High School, I think to, to be just be present and say, I'm here, you know, my presence says I care. And, yes, if I can do something in some way to assist you, I'll do that. But I just first want you to know I care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the emotion, even though that was very uh, horrific, a drive-by mm-hmm. shooting. Yeah. We also had in Madison County, I think the count mm-hmm. is up to seven people yeah. who have, mm-hmm. who died as a result of mm-hmm. the tornado. And mm-hmm. the most recent one I heard about was a, a man who, who they went in and they laid in the tub and he put his wife beneath him mm-hmm. so that she would be protected. Well, he ended up dying. Yeah. And, you know, the, the news is all, he's a hero, he's a hero. Well, she may want to hear that at one point in time, but at some point in time, she's going to be angry. And so it's a very different kind of response. So like you're saying, just to be present for her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is important. Yeah. You know, what you've just said I think is so vital 
that people respond to a death so differently. And I think to know the characteristics of grief when someone dies, whether it's um, a homicide or it's through a something like a natural disaster, a tornado or cancer or whatever it is, I mean, we have to allow people to feel angry or guilty or regretful or, uh, you know, or just panicky. And I know a lot of times I've been with people and they're, they really are, they experience a lot of confusion. They can't think clearly mm-hmm. after someone dies, and people immediately jump in and try to fix them or, you know, take care of them. I say, no, you've just got to let them go through that mm-hmm. and, and not judge how they're feeling, but also be aware of your own feelings about, you know, what has happened, too. So We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to visit with Sister about um, how do you provide comfort, and is it different for the person who is dying versus their caretaker? You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Allie Colleen. Give myself Sunday, July 24th at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. I'm in between. Tickets and information available at CelebrateCountry.org. Sponsored by Ball Team. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. Josiah Fitzsimmons, founder of Vero Neuropathy, 5525 Mill Civic Parkway, Suite 120 in West Des Moines. VeroNeuropathy.com, 515-550-HEAL, 515-550-4325. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Knights of Columbus Borman and Pfeiffer Agencies, serving the Catholic families in Iowa. The Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society providing financial security to members and their families, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, and retirement annuities. And you can reach Knights of Columbus field agent Rob Ryan at 563-689-6801. That's 563-689-6801. Thank you, and God bless. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dental Associates, addressing your smile needs and dreams. 515-225-6742, Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. St. Vincent de Paul helps so many people. You're right, Zoe. St. Vincent de Paul Executive Director Steve Havman here. We are serving over 32,000 local residents with food, clothing, furniture, and financial assistance annually. We invite you to learn more about all of our life-changing programs that positively impact so many Iowans by simply Googling St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines. Our mission is to help those in need become self-sufficient through education, community connectedness, and unconditional support. Help us help others. Even kids! Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Till, and my guest today is Sister Joyce Rupp. And Sister, you know, the the death and dying, you know, environment, like, like you, I lost my cousin who was like my brother when we were, um, I was 19, he was 18, and yeah. and we're German family. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we ate, people brought food, we, you know, we laughed, you know, and told story. I mean, we grieved, yes, but mm-hmm. um, it, and and you know, you don't know. We didn't have an opportunity to, to comfort mm-hmm. Greg when he was dying. It was in a car accident, but you know, when you have someone who is in the process of dying, mm-hmm. 
how do you comfort them? You can't make them better. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, that I I had to learn as I went along is that every dying person, their journey is unique, and not boy, there isn't one size fits all. No, I want the formula. <laughs> yeah, I know. But but I'll tell you some some kind of common characteristics, and one of them is that. Almost, I, I've, of all the people I've been with, I've only been with one who was resistant until almost the final hour about about um, her death. But almost always, the dying person will eventually come to a place where they realize that this this is it, and and they they're ready to move on. But they feel so much sadness about those they're leaving mm. and they don't want to go because of that. And so they fight and struggle and stay on because they feel so badly. They see the pain, they see the sorrow and the people that gather around them. And and the other thing that happens for the people that gather around them is that when a person's dying, and this happens with almost everyone, they begin to... Um, Oh, there's a term for it in in um, death and dying that I can't think of right now. But basically, what it is is they they begin to pull back, and pretty soon they know that they are alone. They we are all alone in that final time of dying, even though we can have twenty people around us. It's it's just our journey, and so they begin to withdraw from the people that they love so much because they are they're moving on. Mm. And, and it's very painful many times for family or friends or whoever are there to get that sense that this person is not fully with them anymore. You know, they're they're caught up in that own their own process, um, and so you know I think part of part of the person who's with someone who's dying is to ask them what they want, ask them what what they need if they're still conscious, you know, before they, they go into, which they almost always do, you know, a couple of days before death anyway, is they move into some kind of coma or less conscious mm. age. But but to ask them and to, and to try to honor that, you know, how what is it you need? You know, some people want to be totally alone when they die. Some people want, definitely want someone there to hold their hand, um, some people just want peace and quiet. Others would like singing. I remember when mm-hmm. Father Tom Pfeffer was dying in the hospital, and it was just a few hours before he died, and one of his real good priest friends was there. And Father Tom, uh, he could hear, but he couldn't speak, or he couldn't see or anything. It was a brain bleed that happened. Mm. And, and so this priest began singing, Be Not Afraid, and he was singing these mm. songs. And I thought, I know Father Tom well enough to think that he is not going to want this. So I reached for his hand, and I, I just, because hearing is the last lost, uh, last sense to go on a dying person. And I, oh. said, I said, I whispered in his ear, if you would like Father so-and-so to stop singing, would you just squeeze my hand? Well, he about crushed my hand, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, stop, I don't want, you know, and because he had told me one time that he just really liked quiet in his morning prayer time, and he mm. all this, and anyway, so, but it was a good lesson again for me, is like, we can't assume someone else would want what we want when mm-hmm. we're dying, and um, so so that part of it, um, and I think another thing is that people, I think our culture still 
um, has this attitude that tears are embarrassing. So many times people say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm crying, you know. But I, I think it's it's so it can be so helpful, whether it's the dying person who has tears or the people around who are accompanying the dying person. If tears come, you know, let them come. It's a sign of love. It's a sign of caring. Uh, it's a sign that I'm, I'm united with you in this. And um, I, th- I think tears, you know, we just need to have another, another approach to tears instead of holding them back so much. You know, let them come. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus cried at, when he was at, the, you know, the gravesite of Lazarus, and and he cried over Jerusalem. And so I think, yes, it's okay for us to cry. It's okay for us to let that emotion show. Then, now, Sister, what about, my guest is Sister Joyce Rupp, and, and uh, many books on death and dying and providing comfort, and you've been, like you said, 15 years in hospice. What about the person that isn't dying that's there? I mean, if someone, if the person that's dying starts crying, I'm like, oh, now what am I supposed mm-hmm, to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they need they need guidance and help as well. Or do you just say, you know, suck it up. Come on. The other person's passing away. You need to be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I've actually um, had someone tell me an experience of that. And he was really strong with his wife, who was dying. She had three bouts of cancer, and the last one was the final one. Mm. And um, he just kept encouraging her, we can do this, and he never cried, and he just he wasn't going to show how sad he felt. And he said that after she died, he was so sorry he had not shown his tears because that he would have let her know how much he loved her and you know, cared mm. for her, and he wasn't just trying to get her to live longer for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, first of all, I think for the person who's dying, crying, saying, uh, I'm, just, I'm really with you in this, and, and to allow our own tears to come and to say, you know, I'm just so sorry you have to go through this, and we can say that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I, I just, I love you so much, but I don't want to keep you from your journey if this is what is meant for you. And I think giving people permission to die, for some, it is still so hard. When my brother-in-law died, oh, this has been quite a few years ago, he was ill for about 12 years. Hmm. And um, my sister, they had the most beautiful marriage, and she just cared for him at home, and she just the thought of him going is just not in her you know, she just couldn't uh, think that... Let me look that up. It's not in my dictionary. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And so I was in the hospital with them the night that he died, and um, I was I was sitting uh, on one side and she on the other, and I held his hand. And I was saying, you know, Jim, it's okay. You know, it's, it's time for you to go, and you have been so brave in all these years. I was just talking to him about that, and I'll never forget my sister after about... 20 minutes of that, she came over and she said, I know how to do this now. I can do it. Mm. And she said, and she told him she loved him and that, yes, it was okay for him to go. And within an hour, he was gone. You know, he just needed that. He needed it from me. He was hanging on for her. And and so just finally, if we can have the courage and the faith and the you know strength to to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, it is okay. I am going to hurt a lot after you're gone. It isn't that I don't love you, but I know that it's time for you to be on your way. You know, after this break, sister, let's talk about that. What happens? 
a month or two months. You know, all the food's gone. People have stopped coming. They don't call anymore. Mm -hmm. There are no more cards. You got it. How do we help? We're going to talk about that after this break with my guest, Sister Joyce Rupp. This is Jean Till. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences. mchs.edu. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Fast Signs. Learn more about their signs, digital signs, banners, and other products and services at fastsigns.com or 515-224-1210. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally since 2012 and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers. Confluence Brewing Company, 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Listen to Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson Friday mornings at 9 on Iowa Catholic Radio or on demand at iowacatholicradio.com and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Welcome back to Straight Talk here on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Till, and my guest today is Sister Joyce Rupp, and we're, we're talking about you know, that process of dying, the the comfort that is needed both for the person who has died and the person who is their, um, their caretaker, perhaps, or a family member. And, and sister, I, um, I had a situation just yesterday with a, a, a church friend, you know, someone that you see, you know, at daily mass, but you never see otherwise. And, and she passed, her brother passed away two months ago. And, you know, I, I stopped and visited with her and, and she looked like she was, grieving again. I said, how you doing? And, and she said, you know, it's just the last couple of days. It's really hit her again. Yes. And I'm like, I was kind of at a loss. You know, I was expecting to, you know, hey, how you doing? How's life kind of thing? And mm-hmm. and I offered to pray for her and, and for comfort for her. But I was kind of at a loss. You know, what happens yeah. after the cards stop coming and the meals stop coming yeah. and the mm-hmm. everything? Yeah, you, you know it's really true. People just go on with their lives, and they 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 for, either they forget what has happened, or they think the other person should be over it by now, mm-hmm. or they are uncomfortable. I mean, so many times people who've had a loved one that's died say, "I just wish someone would say his name. I just wish someone would ask me." Mm-hmm. And they and they it's so helpful to talk about the person they've loved. That, that's one thing. Um, but I, I think, you know, 
to be able to just say when when someone like your your friend that a church friend that said that about her brother or about her grief, you know, I'm oh I'm crying again and you know, I I think what just asking you know listening again or saying what's the hardest part for you, mm. you know, or um, what's most difficult for you now or how do you make it through each day or when do you most remember him. And, and, you know, just those kinds. Of, so let them talk about it, you know. And, and it's good. It's definitely good to bring them into our prayer. But it's so helpful for a person to be able to, to and, and for I think for us to help get that out, you know, mm-hmm. get that grief out. And I often suggest... Um, that someone go to a grief group. Those are because when when people go to a grief group, let's just say it's a parent who's had a child die from suicide. Mm. No one understands that as well as another parent who has had that experience. And they can go in that group and they can talk about anything about how they feel and their anger, resentment, or guilt or whatever it is, um, and they will be heard. You know, because other people that really understand, and there are so many wonderful groups and parishes now for widows and widowers, and, mm-hmm. um, just various various types of loss that are there. Even the loss of the aging, the diminishment and limitations. It's so helpful for people to have that kind of thing. I also really believe in spiritual direction or spiritual guidance, and that's where we can bring in the element of the faith dimension. You know, I I think that helping people find some kind of spiritual support when they are grieving is so vital. And, you know, in the back of my book on Praying Our Goodbyes, I have a lot of different prayers, and I included some ritual. And that's the thing about being Catholic that I, I think is so valuable. Ritual means so much to me. And something as simple as every day having a photo of that loved one and lighting a candle and just sitting there quietly, you know. Well, I want to give folks kind of a a laundry list. I've got a couple of book Uh names of yours, and I just Googled Joyce Rupp, Mm R-U-P-P, and books, and a whole bunch came up. So uh, (laughs) you're pretty easy to find. They were on Amazon, but I bet Divine Mm -hmm. Treasures has them. So uh, you have... Your Sorrow is My Sorrow, Hope and Strength in Times of Suffering. Mm-hmm. Also, May You Find Comfort, a Blessing for Times of Grieving. Mm-hmm. And you've also mentioned praying our goodbyes. So, um, Sister, what would you suggest as, as someone who is... Um, uh, what well, we have just one minute, so we have to wrap mm-hmm. up, Sister. I would encourage sure. people to go out and and search your name. Uh, you know, we all have someone dying at some point in time in yeah, our lives. Yeah. It is the process. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining oh, us today, you're Sister. Welcome. And thank you for those excellent questions. And we just need to gather everyone to our heart, you know, and, yep. and bring them to bring them to the healing Christ. So thank you. Thank you, Jean. Thank you so much. And today we ask St. Elizabeth Ann Seton to pray for us. She is the patron saint for those grieving and ask her to intercede for those struggling with the loss of a loved one. May they rest in eternal peace. Sister Mary, Sister Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for us. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 930. Next uh, week on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on podcast through the Iowa Catholic Radio free app. Stay tuned. For the Iowa Catholic Radio Rosary. This is Jean Till. God bless.
Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com.